0: Hello and welcome back to the National Association for Primary Education podcast. My name is Mark Taylor and today I'm chatting to Dr. Lisa Maria Muller and she is from Chartered College and she's the Education Research Manager and they've recently published a report called Education in Times of Crisis which I think we can all not only understand uh, having been part of it for such a long but it'd be really interesting to get um, some real insights from a research um, standpoint. So Lisa Maria, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Let's start with a little bit about the Chartered College and your role within it. How did you get involved and give people a bit of an info, a bit of background information about the college itself? I know many of us have heard the name, but not necessarily had direct contact.
1: Yeah, so the Chartered College of Teaching is the professional body for teachers. Um, so for nearly 170 years, the teaching profession has had um, a Royal Charter. And in 2017, this Royal Charter was transferred to a new professional body, the Chartered College of Teaching. And um, the Charter College of Teaching is very much there to um, celebrate and support the profession, to represent the profession. And my role within it um, is to link research and practice. So my own background is um, in both teaching and research. So I trained as a um, secondary school teacher in Austria and went on to do my PhD and worked as a postdoctoral researcher at a couple of universities. Um, but I was always really interested in um, bringing that research um, that is very often um, quite theoretically centred, and that's qu- quite rightly so, um, into the classroom and helping practitioners um, to take evidence-based decisions that work best in their context. And that's very much what I do at the college. So. Um, I run our own research projects and consultations. So, for example, um, recently we've wrapped up a consultation around um, the COVID crisis and um, learning within it and um, teachers how teachers' wellbeing was affected and their views on um, school reopening plans. And previously we've done um, another consultation on the new offset framework, for example. So I very much um, work... On designing the surveys and analyzing the data but also on summarizing existing research and inviting um, researchers to present their insights and uh, work very closely with our impact team so for those of you who don't know impact that's our um, Um, peer-reviewed practitioner journal that is published on a termly basis uh, and it is always themed on a particular topic and provides both um, a good overview of research and some suggestions of how it could be applied in the classroom.
0: I really love the idea of the research and and the practice and the links between the two. How do you find that, having, like I said, come from that sort of academic starting point, how easy is it to kind of get the idea of how that could then be put into practice and how do teachers often find that relationship?
1: Um, I think it depends very much on um, the particular focus of research, for example. So, of course, there is some research um, that is indeed um, very much practically focused, very much applied, so it's much, much easier to then try and um, translate or suggest some translations into practice for it. It depends also in on the research question, of course, um, at hand. Um, sometimes, particularly if it's large scale quantitative research, maybe it might not seem as, as obvious how that can apply to an everyday classroom. Um, so we're working closely with practitioners also to try and uh, make it as applied as possible there. Um, and also sometimes maybe on people's backgrounds um as well so have they previously uh been involved in research in their in the undergraduate undergraduate postgraduate degrees in their teacher training or not and that's why at the college we provide a wide range of of publications from very short compact guides for example that cover quite a large research area such as, say, um, cognitive load theory and how it could uh, apply to the classroom in just one page, um, all the way to research reviews that are very uh, much in-depth articles on a particular topic um, that were written by, by researchers in the field with some ge- suggestions of how they could be applied to the classroom. So we really tried to cover a wide range of both topics, but also previous uh, knowledge and involvement with research because we do think that um, evidence-based practice can be for everyone and we want to provide everyone with the tools to take the right evidence-based in decisions for their context.
0: So let's dive into the 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 report published in May tell us how it came about because it must have been put together quite quickly and 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 sort of the the process of, of putting all that in place.
1: Quite quickly, indeed. <laughs> uh, we had a few long nights, uh, my colleague Gemma and I, um, putting this uh, together. It all came about because we thought um, that this is, uh, of course, these are unprecedented times, and this time has certainly been overused over the past over the past weeks and months, but it certainly is the case. And we just wanted to provide policymakers, teachers in the classroom, um head teachers and everyone else um, involved in decision making in this particular context with Um, An evidence base to support their decisions. So this was really our starting point. We wanted to look into the evidence of how uh, such a crisis can affect students' learning, but we also wanted to go beyond that and ask ourselves how it could potentially um, affect students' well-being. And we were also particularly concerned about not forgetting about teachers because they are all working um, very much uh, on a on a day to day basis with uh, students uh in school um during partial closes closures even when um students of key workers were still in schools and um supporting distance learning um as well so there are questions around additional workload um but of course also uh questions around uh facilitating uh distance learning and we wanted to have a look at what previous crises, both healthcare crises or other um, natural disasters could tell us um, about uh, how students' learning and well-being and teachers' uh, well-being could be affected in such a crisis. So we looked at research uh, from previous natural disasters, such as, for example, um, earthquakes in New Zealand or hurricanes, um, both in the context of school closures and um, without school closures, because we thought that it was also really important to look at the evidence that even if it didn't necessarily lead to school closures, because the school closures are one area that affects students and teachers in the current crisis, but it goes beyond that. Of course, we're faced with um, um, a huge healthcare crisis and um, and different factors that might involve that might affect. Teachers and students, so we also wanted to look at that, um, but also at international evidence on how other jurisdictions have addressed school closures, but also um, their school reopening plans. Because we thought that uh, in this in this particular context that uh, affects us on a, very much on an international scale, it's worth looking at what other countries are doing and how we could learn from them.
0: And can you take us into some of the results that have come from some of those different areas that you looked at?
1: Um, Yes, absolutely. So um, let's start maybe from the school closures and how they affect student learning and there we looked at different types of evidence Um, so we looked at evidence from school closures during holidays because that's a naturally occurring uh, school closure that, that we're all faced with every year but of course it's quite different to what we are faced with at the moment um, because it is planned. We all know when, when holidays are happening, uh, we know when schools are going to reopen again, but it's still interesting to look at that um, summer slump or summer dip and how it affects um, student learning. We also looked at unplanned school closures. So these school closures that I mentioned previously um, that resulted from natural disasters, for example, and for also the effectiveness of distance learning. And so, when we look at evidence from planned school closures, there is a widespread recognition that learning can stall or even regress during the summer. so, for example, there's been a study uh, done by the d f e in two thousand and eleven that looked at uh, students in key stages two um that looked at students and found that um students in key stages two and three uh, made the most progress in maths, reading and writing in the summer term, but least in the autumn so that suggests that um by the autumn term at the beginning of course we all know that uh, at the beginning of the autumn term we spend some time um organizing our classrooms putting some procedures in place um and uh, and also reminding students of what we taught them or what they were learning before the before the summer so there is some time spent um spent on that before we can then um start again um with new learning um so there is this acclimatization period and that's certainly something that we should take um, into account as schools reopen to more students uh in in the context of the current crisis that it is unlikely that we'll be able to to go back um to just how schools were before but that um, we will need some time to uh re our students and ourselves to new procedures new routines particularly because schools are very different to how students left them um, before they were closed to the majority of the students. Um, There are now social distancing measures in place which require obviously um, new rules and some getting used to. So that's something that uh, we took away from that um, body of evidence, for example. Um, There was also some interesting insights on subject-specific summer learning loss, but actually the results are quite mixed um, on whether some Uh, Some subjects are more affected than others, but some research finds, for example, that maths is particularly affected um, by the summer learning loss more so than reading. And uh, the suggestion is that maybe reading is something that can be more easily um, supported at home, whereas maths is quite um, as might be harder to to be supported by by parents. Um, So maybe that is, again, something that could inform how we structure learning uh, going forward. Um, And in particular, um, something that has been noted um, already by the Sutton Trust, for example, and many others in the context of the current crisis, the influence of the socioeconomic background on the summer learning loss and that students from a low socioeconomic background and more deprived background um, tend to be more affected by summer learning loss. And um, although um, I have there is a caveat there as well, that, for example, research from Sweden um, didn't find that to be the case. So, again, we need to, um, to, need to take different contexts into account.
0: One thing I'm interested in, and, and I've heard this a lot recently about the idea of catching up, Um and I guess you know, like say, with with sort of summer closures as well. That there's that sense of, like, say, new routines and getting back into a new class and then learning, carrying on. Do you think because this is such a, a unique experience for everybody that we should be trying to sort of catch up in that in that sort of way, or actually, the the, the experience of what everyone's been through, that the sort of the, the parameters should have a little bit a bit more wiggle room?
1: Um. So. I think that's that's a difficult question to answer, but I think we will find it difficult to play catch up. I think um, I think we need to take the the size of the current crisis into account and quite how much it affected um, particular subgroups of students as well. So there are students who were not able to access distance learning um, for months now, for weeks, because they simply don't have um, access to the internet, etc. So um i think and that leads us actually to the second part of our report as well we must not forget um that this crisis potentially also affects um students well-being um quite profoundly so we need to we need to make sure that our students and our teachers are okay before we start trying to to play catch up and then potentially envision and um, what we're going to do with uh with the exams at the end of the next academic year um whether they should be amended um, or whether we should find a, a different solution for them um, depending on on how much learning was affected in in different groups um, but I think we need to tread very very carefully and we can't simply go back to business as usual um, from from the first day when schools reopen to more students or as they have already reopened to more students
0: and I think the student well-being is incredibly important and also quite hard to quite hard to pinpoint in some ways I um, mean certainly my own experience as a as a parent it's been the, the the lack of social interaction I think has it has an immediate effect in some ways but also a slightly sort of um long lead back into it in terms of the, the regular day-to-day interaction of just being with your friends it's very it's something very hard to actually pinpoint in terms of what they've lost and, and the longer that goes on especially for those children who may not actually go back until September it's going to be quite a long time I would think before the real impact of that comes to light.
1: Absolutely and there is also um, a recent research review for example by um, pedal in Cambridge um, that, that was published about the importance of play, for example, and particularly um, also in the context of the, the current crisis. And also um, one aspect, that unfortunately, we didn't cover um, in the report in, in much detail um, was students with special educational needs and particularly students of the autism spectrum disorder, for example, and how the lack of routine um, affects them. Even more so potentially than a students um than other students, and that is again something that we need to take into account So the lack of routine coming out of school then finding new routines and then as schools reopen, going back into um, previous routines that just takes additional time
0: and in terms of of teachers you that there is sort of i guess there's lots of aspects to this in terms of the amazing speed in which teachers and schools and leaderships took on board what was needed to put things in place individually that they were able to do within their school and I really liked that individuality the fact that we need to try and support the students at home to be able to learn and we can do whatever we have access to with uh, the technology and the facilities and the skills of the people involved and I think it's been in many cases very successful because it could be personalized as much as these things could be but that like you said there was a big learning curve there in terms of how the remote learning worked and also the fact that like you said there's this personal aspect of many teachers may have also had personal experiences of having to look after someone or being self-isolating because they're actually sick and all those kind of things so what's your understanding of that
1: um yeah a couple of things to note here i think um and i i couldn't agree more i think Uh, The teachers in this country and elsewhere internationally um, have done an absolutely incredible job in such difficult circumstances, um, supporting students of key workers in schools, um, supporting uh, distance learning of other students, um, really Uh, facing that extremely steep learning curve of supporting distance learning um, I think that just needs to be said and needs to be put out there and I think that's that's absolutely incredible Um, and we also need to bear in mind that of course distance we know um, quite a bit of distance learning um, but what's been happening um, in the current uh, context is very much also um, emergency remote teaching. So there is an article that compares the two and says that usually um, a, a distance learning unit uh, requires some, or a distance learning course requires a few months to, to develop and um, teachers or university lectures have got the time to um, to develop that and to get acquainted with different skills and um, and so do students um, and in the current context uh, we're speaking of uh, emergency remote teaching or, or learning and that is also something that needs to be taken into account how much more um, pressure that puts on both students and and teachers um, and in terms of uh, stress levels so we looked into uh, a body of research around um something called secondary traumatic stress so it's been shown in um the literature that uh people who support um others who are living through traumatic experiences um or who who might be grieving who might be um facing very challenging circumstances can suffer from something called um secondary traumatic stress and and that's potentially something that some teachers uh, might be dealing with if they are if they are supporting students who are grieving, who've been traumatised as a result of the current situation, so again, something um, where something that we need to be aware of, um, and where we might want to uh, create additional support for these for these teachers, for colleagues to talk to each other. So that's one of the findings, for example, that actually having the time to talk to your peers to process what's going on is really, really important, and something that we may want to focus on um as we as we go back to school but even now already because of course um the support is is ongoing um that teachers are providing to their students and and extended families as well their whole communities really and and actually there is research also that that compared for example um nurses who work in healthcare workers who who work on the front line and who are um, who are medically trained. So healthcare personnel who are medically trained work on the front line of of the current crisis and and in other contexts it's been shown as well. And those who work um, more in, for example, administrative roles um, and it's actually been shown that the stress levels of those um not working on the on the front line um were particularly elevated and it was argued that that might be due to um a lack of training of how to use for example um ppe equipment or not uh, receiving first hand information um but rather having to rely on information that is um communicated through the news and and so on and that um that can all lead to Uh, to additional stress and we argue that that could potentially also apply to teachers Um, in addition to of course um, having to juggle um, teaching remote teaching and home teaching for or care duties um, for family members.
0: I think um, I mean since the report It's been published obviously there are certain parts of school that have returned after the half-term holidays and I I think that idea of preparation and the stress related to that is probably an important factor because there seems to be quite um, a limited amount of time before the this is what's going to happen and this is now happening and on all the preparation that's had to be put in place to make that work.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And um I think this is something that's been highlighted also in our survey um by our members, for example. So we had about one thousand eight hundred responses to that, which um I'm currently going through and analysing and we and will be publishing um the results of that uh shortly and that's certainly something that's been highlighted by um a lot of people. The lack of um time to to prepare schools um to make them a safe space for both students and uh, members of staff and, of course, having to juggle um, the, the requirements of bubbles, for example, but also um, having fewer staff members who, who are available um, due to um, their own, um, for example, their, their own uh, pre-existing health conditions and, and for other reasons as well. So, again, that's putting a lot of pressure on um, teachers and school leaders.
0: And I think, I think this kind of takes us to where, where we were just a few minutes ago, talking about the fact that this is an extended period of time. It's, uh, the, the world is going to be not back to normal what for a long time if ever because there'll be lessons that have been learned from this and and things that may get put into place which were never there before and I think the support for everybody is key in terms of like you say the support for teachers and schools the support for the students the support for parents and that whole community and I think actually that kind of sense of of empathy and understanding and willingness to kind of do what needs to be done on any given day really because it really is sort of a very fluid situation isn't it at the moment but I can also imagine the same as we get to the holidays for the summer and then whatever happens in September even if schools reopen and we're actually back to a sort of fully fully sized classes there's still going to be a big adjustment and a lot of conversations about what everyone's just been through.
1: Absolutely I couldn't agree more and I think um, empathy and support um, are really key keywords that you use there um and again our um our survey showed that really the overwhelming majority of our respondents um have said that they do feel strongly supported um by both their um their colleagues um and the leadership team in their schools so there is clearly um a lot of peer support going on and again providing that opportunity um, for, for teachers to talk to each other, to support each other, to learn from each other is absolutely paramount. Um, however, at the, um, there is, they feel less, at least the respondents to a survey, there's been an understanding that they feel less supported by the by the system more widely. Um, um, so, so that again is something that probably needs to take be taken into account how we can, how the system as a whole can provide. Um, better and long-lasting um, support for both uh, teachers and students in the current uh, crisis.
0: And along those lines, I don't know whether you have any, any feedback or, or any information about what teachers think that support or that kind of understanding could take.
1: I don't think we we asked about that specifically in our survey, or at least I haven't been through all the qualitative um, answers yet, unfortunately. But in the previous literature that has looked at crisis, for example, there is a really interesting um, study of uh, a case study of a school post 9-11, for example, and others as well. It really um, emerges that that. That peer support, both professional support, of course, and in particular, um, some might require that more than others. And it's absolutely paramount that, that access to um, professional support and um, professional mental health support um, exists and is made available. Um, but that peer support really plays an important role. That support that teachers feel they receive from um, their colleagues and from from the leadership team really emerges as as something very important
0: and i think from a from a real sort of system and, and structural kind of standpoint it's going to be interesting i mean we specifically already know that you know the exams that weren't taken this summer um are going to have an effect and whether that's an effect just purely on the fact that there's something by your name as a, as a student that went through this time and physically didn't have to take the exams because of the crisis and what your life looks like beyond that. and and And, and I think also in terms of, you know, next year, those people coming into the exams and actually whether I don't know how the system can react in such a way to give them the credit that they need to understand that whatever their result there should be some reflection that it it is a direct link of, of of the situation
1: absolutely and there is something um for example that uh was offered um following the uh new zealand earthquakes that are crashes earthquakes uh in 2010 2011 um something called earthquake derived grades were offered um that took into um that took that disruption to learning into account so they weren't um Compulsory it wasn't a blanket um um it was an offer that was extended to students um if I understood um correctly, it was an offer that was extended to schools um that were affected by these earthquakes and that had to close and were partly merged with merged with other schools or had to move into temporary accommodation so clearly some major disruption to learning took place there um and then um they could decide whether or not um they wanted to use that um we don't really have data on how many students um ended up um being uh graded based on these earthquake derived grades but that could potentially be something that we might uh want to envision as um as a starting point for discussions
0: I th- I think the idea of, of 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 crisis and those large natural disasters is that it's incredibly difficult and it's unsettling, and it's unusual in many many senses. Um, And I think at the moment, because mental health is such a big thing, people talk about it being detrimental, but I think also part of it can be a very positive one because all manner of different crises, whether they're personal or national or, or international, as we are at the moment, do affect people in different ways. But it is also an opportunity to understand more about life in general and your relationships in actually having the time to have these discussions with pupils and teachers and parents and, and, and their children and that kind of thing can also be hard to measure in terms of the positivity of it but actually can also be framed in that kind of way as well and and I hope that people also do see the, the positives that have come out from a very uncertain situation.
1: I certainly agree that there is uh, potential to Consider, for example, so which uh, subjects might provide a good platform to process and discuss past events. So there is, for example, uh, one study that looked at the effects of a big uh, fire in um, uh, in a nightclub in Sweden, found that students' math scores, for example, were negatively affected, but actually their scores in um, RE and um, psychology and I think philosophy um were positively affected so there are maybe some subjects that could provide a platform to process discuss um what's happening um in as as a result of of the current crisis um, or maybe uh english for example could provide an opportunity to process through writing and there is another case study that um that looked at at the potential of narratives um and using those and and that discourse to To process past traumatic events so maybe that's something we could also um we could we could look into and um and we could discuss how um the role different subjects could play um in at this particular time i could think also maybe of um of music of the arts obviously um and and the role that they could play uh, i think is is always um paramount but in particular maybe one that uh, needs to be brought to the forefront
0: i mean that's certainly something which i'm very passionate about as a musician myself you know the the arts and and the ability to express yourself in a way that gives the freedom the creativity and, and hopefully that won't be one of the areas that starts to get lost as is school resumes
1: yeah i would agree so um of course you previously asked about catch up and there is absolutely um, there are discussions to be had about how um, we want to catch up, if you want to call that, how we want to help students get um, back on track or catch up or however you want to refer to it, and just having some discussions about learning. And, of course, we need to have these discussions about um, uh, about exam subject core subjects, um, um, but I think we need to to take into account the role that that other subjects so as you were saying um, i think it's really important that these other subjects don't fall by the by the wayside as a result of it and, and there's been a discussion for example um i know in austria there've been some discussions about um music and um the potential health risks of music or um PE um due to c si- that singing for example could project actually more widely and there've been some interesting discussions on on the importance of of music and why it um it needs to be there uh, when schools reopen so
0: I agree I think that that the the wider the the, the curriculum but more importantly sort of the, the wider the opportunities for people to be able to to fulfill whatever it is that they need and and I think you're right I think this overall understanding that the world is a different place the system is a different place and everyone is a different person having been through this experience is is key and I think it really goes to highlight that the sort of the one size fits all whether that's certain times where people have exams or or certain levels that you have to get to it doesn't in, it doesn't often fit anyway but certainly doesn't fit when the whole world has been through something like this
1: yes again i think it's uh, really important that we have discussions about um priorities and the priorities might might lie in in different places for different schools for different people um where again something context specific approaches are really important and as you were mentioning, um as we were discussing also um earlier, both teachers, head teachers, school leaders have done um an incredible job in these really um trying circumstances and they they know their context, they know their students, they know um their communities and, and what they require. And there is of course a huge diversity also. We have got areas that are close to um unaffected by by the current um virus. Um, and as a result um may may not necessarily have to do the same things that other um community schools and communities that have been very severely affected and might have had um, multiple children um in one in one class or in a school that are grieving that are going through very difficult circumstances so again that's something that needs to be taken into account and where um we need to support teachers and uh provide them with the with the necessary with the tools, with the supports um, that they need to take decisions that are right for their context, I think.
0: I absolutely agree. And and just to finish off, was there anything that you found when you were putting the report together that was surprising for you, Some, something which you, you weren't expecting that, that made you think in, in, in a way that was um, not necessarily along the, the lines that you were expecting?
1: Um, maybe not necessarily surprising, but I found the... The research around secondary traumatic stress and the impact that supporting others through difficult times can have on your own um, mental health and well-being hugely interesting and have completely underestimated. I have I have to say um, prior to reading this whole body of research, um, quite the big effect that it can have on on your own well-being and, and mental health. And I think that's really something that i'm quite keen um that we we don't forget in these discussions because we we discuss student learning and student well-being quite rightly so of course we should and of course they um they they are our priority and and they should be and that's why we that's why we're in teaching and in education but um we shouldn't forget about the the people teaching them and um the the school leaders leading schools in very difficult circumstances and uh the teachers supporting both distance learning and in school and and the effect that that can have on on them i think
0: i think that's incredibly important and the only way for great teaching to happen is for for teachers to be full of everything that they need whether that's support understanding um the knowledge that they need and, and and everything like that and i think you're absolutely right all all, all the support and and whatever needs to be put into a framework for any given school or situation to give everybody exactly what they need to to heal to grow to to feel like they understand the path they're on to actually support the pupils from there on in is incredibly important so well thank you lisa maria it's been really interesting and I, and I think that the breadth of the report and the breadth of this conversation has certainly made me um think about things slightly differently than i may have thought of before and i think that's the most important thing for all of us to kind of have that real understanding that we can support as many people in as many different ways as we can and specifically when it comes from uh, a, an idea of real research and real understanding from around the world so thank you very much indeed
1: thank you very much for having me thank you